Blog Talk Radio. A Valentine's Weekend edition of the Habs 360 podcast. We are Saturday, February 13th, 2016. My name is Chris G at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And well, this show will be a lot about loving, loving your Montreal Canadians, loving everything about them. And well, we'll um, we also do love the fact that the Canadians won three out of the last four games since our last episode. It started off on Super Bowl weekend with a couple of wins, 5-1 over the Edmonton Oilers, and a 2-1 in the shootout over the Carolina Hurricanes. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, Canadians' arrival since the last couple of years. Canadians beat them 4-2 at home at the Bell Center. And then last night in Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-4 and well. If you haven't noticed, the last two losses of the Montreal Canadiens have been against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. That brings the Canadiens to 56 games played. They have a record of 27, 25, and 4, 58 uh, points. That places them fifth place in the Atlantic Division. They are six points behind the Boston Bruins, but the Bruins do have uh, two games in hand over the Canadiens. And while... 
in the uh, Eastern Conference when it comes to uh, the uh, wildcard race. Canadians, they are five points out of a wildcard race behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Canadians are five points behind, and the Penguins do have two games in hand. And while between the Penguins and the Canadians, there's also the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes in uh, between. So it's not really looking good for the Montreal Canadiens when it comes to the playoffs. According to sportsclubstats.com, they are at 14.5% chance of uh, making it in. Our question of the day, our theme of today's episode, like I mentioned, Valentine's Day. Tell us, what do you love about the Montreal Canadiens? Are you loving them now? What do you love about them overall? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also call us toll-free 1-877-455-4945. Phone lines are open for the entire episode today. Joining me now, he's the editor-in-chief and owner of a site that we all love very much, allhabs.net. Rick, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. Uh, happy, well, I'll say happy Valentine's Day to our uh, our listeners. I, I won't say ha- happy Valentine's Day to, to you because uh, we've been feuding all week, which we'll get to later <laughs> in a good-natured way. Um, we've been having very productive discussions all week, haven't we? Yeah, we have. So uh, let's get it started right off the bat. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. And well, this is the segment that all of us love here on the Habs 360 podcast, Winners and Losers. And Rick, why don't you get us started this week? Well, we're going to get started. And and given that it's the Valentine's Day, Valentine's weekend episode, um, we're going to throw some love the way of a former Montreal Canadian. And actually, he was, um, I, I, I can say he's still a, a, a fan favorite to a certain extent, and that is Peter Budai. Um, Peter Budai, um, remember the the uh, what happened with Dustin Tokarski? They went the Dustin Tokarski way, um, and, and Peter was shipped out um, and signed a, a free agent contract this year with uh, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, last night, um, he won. Um, he, uh, the Los Angeles Kings beat the New York Rangers 5-4 in overtime at Madison Square Garden, and the winning goaltender, none other than Peter Budai, it was his first uh, NHL win in almost uh, two years. Um, his last NHL appearance was uh, May 17th, 2014, against the same Rangers in when the Habs played uh, them in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, so congrats to Peter Buda. He's been the, the, uh, AHL's top goalie this, this season, uh, with, uh, uh, the Kings farm club, the Ontario rain. He has a record of 26, nine and three. He has a goals against of one five, eight and nine thirty five save percentage. Um, he's been tremendous and boy, if the Canadians only had uh, goaltending like that, um, we got a chance to, uh, we might have mentioned it last week, we got a chance to have an exclusive interview with Budai at the AHL All-Star Game. He was very entertaining. It's a great interview. If you want to hear it, it's at IcecapsHockeyReport.com. Um, so Peter Budai is uh, starting him off um, where he is one of the nominees for Winners of the Week. Yes, yeah, so he was really popular. 
here in Montreal for um, his his attitude, his personality that he that he had. But definitely at the end, when he was getting on the ice to replace Carey Price, uh, he wasn't as popular. But uh, congratulations for his first victory last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as Canadians, we're going to um, throw out the next nod to Arturi Lekkanen. Um, the um, TSN named their top 50 prospects um, a couple of days ago. And uh, William Nylander of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs organization was the, the top overall prospect. Uh, the Canadians' top prospect um, was Arturi Lekkanen. Um, listed number 34 in uh, the TSN list, um, and the only Canadian to crack the top 50. Um, he uh, He's playing in Forlunda. Um, he's got 15 goals this season, 29 points. Um, we're going to have a, a, an exclusive interview with him uh, next week, um, uh, so watch for that. Um, but, uh, you know, these some of these prospects, given that they're they're not on this side of the pond, it's 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 uh, Canadians fans aren't as familiar with him. Uh, I've seen him several times in person. He's uh, a very dynamic offensive player. Is is um, he he he's willing to um, you know go to the dirty areas. Um, he's he's going to be quite a prospect. Just um, the other thing that TSN did was uh, to list for each Canadian team their top five prospects. Um, and just to mention those, Lekkanen, of course, is at the top. Second is Noah Juleson. Um He's playing in the WHL right now. Um, Morgan Ellis is number three. He, he went to the um, AHL All-Star game playing in St. John's. Also at the All-Star game, we saw Mike McCarron. He's number four on the list. And rounding out that uh, top five list for the Canadians' prospects is Nikita Sherbeck who's had a bit of an injury-prone uh, season, but but he's getting back on track now. So that's good. And offense is something that the Montreal Canadiens uh, do need. It's not something that they have a lot of uh, depth into the organization. So hopefully uh, he'll, uh, he'll pan out in a couple of years. So closer to home, we have um, uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Um, Alex Galchenyuk has looked... Uh, um, I know there's there's still the 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 hope that he's going to turn into uh, the Canadians' number one center, but uh, he's looked pretty good on the on uh, Thomas Placanitz's wing, and that line of Placanitz, Galchenyuk, and Gallagher has uh, been absolutely dominant. Certainly the best line for for the Canadians this past week um, in uh, notching their their three victories. Uh, Galchenyuk, for his part. Um, had two goals and uh, two assists, and um, his his one timer from um, from his offside the, the the wrong side has been lethal. Um, so uh, Alex Galchenyuk, we're gonna we're gonna add him as a nominee to our winners list. Yeah, and he scored two goals last night, and they're both the same on the faceoff circle on his uh, off wing, and it was two hard shots that both went in. So maybe. Kaltjenak, if he wanted to have success, maybe his position is to play in on uh, the right wing instead of the left wing or or center. And it's a play that we've seen a lot in the past. Uh, it was Kamaleri, it was Kovalev, who had similar plays that were successful for the Montreal Canadiens. 
And also uh, with another threat for the Canadians on the power play with Galchenyuk, that might free up somebody like P.K. Subban and help the uh, the power play for the Canadians as this gives them a second uh, option if one option isn't working. Yeah, very reminiscent. You mentioned Camilleri, very reminiscent of of Camilleri with the uh, the one going down on one knee and and uh, the one timers. Uh, um, that is Galchenyuk. Um, we're also going to nominate San Andreghetto. Um There was a lot of confusion when Andreghetto, Andreghetto and Carr, when they were briefly sent back to um, St. John's. Um, I, I don't think Sven Andreghetto is going back to St. John's anytime soon, or if ever again. Um, he was he was great with uh, Lars Eller, um, and they were playing really well together. But um, you know, uh, we know that Michelle Terrien's not uh, shy about breaking up uh, an Eller line, so he was uh, Andreghetto was moved to the top line and. Um, He's uh, not only had uh, two goals last night um, against uh, against Buffalo, but he had the game deciding um, goal in the, um, the the shootout win against Carolina. Um, that actually was his second um, game deciding goal. Um, the earlier one had come, I believe it was New Jersey in November, um, and and he he leads the team in game deciding goals. Um, so Sven Andreghetto, uh, you know, pure offense that the first goal, what a shot. It was just a, a rocket. Um, he's got some speed, um, and, and he's, he's for a team that's been struggling to produce offensively. He's, uh, he's really added a bit of a punch. Trying to get it across, broke it up and Pacioretty's back on it the other way. Pacioretty shoots it in front, scores! Andreghetto with a rocket! Down by Johnson. Johnson will play it, turn it over to Andreghetto, scores! So there we go, we heard Desven Andreghetto's both goals from last night. His first career two-goal game in Charles for Sven Andreghetto, and to me it seems like he uh, he's had a spot He's earned a spot regular in the NHL, and I thought even earlier in the season when he was up with the Canadians, he had merited, but uh, the Canadians management uh, decided otherwise. Let's see if this time uh, he's up here for uh, for good. But definitely when he was uh, placed with uh, Max Pacioretty and David Darnay, it was uh, in hopes of helping offensively, and he did his part last night. Yeah, I really liked when uh, really liked the line of Eller, Galchenyuk, and uh, Andrigetto earlier in the season. Um, they, you know, they played a bit of a different game, a little bit more east-west, and and um, the chemistry there was was terrific. Um, and uh, Andrigetto is is, you know, he's not bla- he's not a, a a blazing speed kind of guy, but he's elusive speed and um, and and quick acceleration. Um, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm puzzled that, that there was any question that, uh, that he should be in the lineup. I'm glad to see him succeeding right now. Um, the top winner, and 
uh, as I said, uh, alluded to a little bit earlier, there was some dispute this week, and we'll get to that in a minute. But for now, <laughs> for now, um, let's award the uh, the top spot to Thomas Placanitz, uh the much um, maligned Thomas Placanitz, um, who this past week has been uh, absolutely on fire. Um, he kind of. Um, we saw in the Edmonton game, he kind of took the team on uh, on his back, and and uh, um, he was a a star uh, twice this week, I guess, um, amassing three goals and four assists, a seven seven point week since we last talked to you. And um, uh, that line, as I said, the Pukanets Gallagher uh, Galchenyuk line has been uh, superb. They've they've been not maybe not named so, but they've been the Canadians' top line, no doubt. And even taking a step back, eight points in his last uh, five games, plus four since our last episode. And an interesting stat that I found, Rick, uh, on uh, on the internet this week: since 2014-2015, so since last season, when Thomas Plekanec scores. The Canadians have a record of twenty nine one and two, so that's wow. quite impressive. It's uh, if he scores, it's almost a guaranteed win for the Montreal Canadiens. And Plekanec gets a lot of heat from um, from fans when you're looking about somebody the Canadians should trade. Thomas Plekanec always comes up as a as a player to uh, to trade, but he does contribute, and I think he's really underrated his contribution that he brings to uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. No, you're absolutely right. Um, very underappreciated. Um, and, and I know it's, it's, it's sometimes easier just to look in the points column and particularly when you're looking in the playoffs, uh, just to look at the, you know, the little box score and how many, how many goals, how many assists. But um, I think that's, that's not understanding how, uh, Michelle Terrien has used uh, Placanets, particularly in the playoffs, as a shutdown kind of guy, um, and um, and and certainly that affects obviously his his offensive point totals. And uh, but I I shudder to think what the Canadians would be like on the defensive side without him. And right now we're seeing what um, how he can also contribute offensively. So congratulations to uh, to Thomas Placanets being named our winner of the week. We'll keep it going uh, in a couple of moments. But we're going to go now to our Habs 360 hotline where we have somebody online. Hi, who's this? My name is Stanley. I'm calling all the way from Montreal. Hey, how are you doing, Stanley? Very good, very good. Uh, do you think that, because, do you think that uh, the general manager, general, well, do you think we're going to have a big trade before the 29th, or do you think that? And second question, do you think that we're going to make the playoff also? Okay, so uh, so I can answer both questions, and then, Rick, I'll give you the chance to reply as well. Uh, your first question, when it comes to the big trades, I think with the fact that uh, Carey Price, it doesn't look like he'll be back uh, relatively shortly. As there was a whole story in the in the La Presse newspaper, that they think that he'll probably be done for the rest of the season. I think at, at this time, the Canadians, realistically, they've seen that even if they make it to the playoffs, if they manage to squeak in, 
they won't go too far. So I don't think they'll go to the point where they uh, they'll trade a prospect or trade draft picks to bring somebody in for a short playoff run. And to answer your second question, if the Canadians will make the playoffs, I know it's Valentine's Day. We're trying to stay positive that we love our Montreal Canadiens, but I think it will be really, really tough for them to make it at this point. I appreciate your answer. Okay, no problem. What, what do you think? Do you think the Canadians are going to make it to the playoffs? No, I think it's really going to be really, really tough. I think that we got to forget about this year. Really, it showed the weakness a little bit on the team without, their, without the super goal or price. We're really not as strong as we think we are. It's like a, a lot of teams have said that, and I guess we needed to test it, and look what happened. As soon as price is gone or hurt, the whole team just went, you know, down. And I was surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that Thierry is still the coach. I thought he was going to get fired, but I guess when the general manager is saying it's all on me and I'm not going to fire anybody, it's all on me. So, you know, any any other coaches with the way he did it and everything would have been fired a long time. So, uh, so I'll ask you one more question before before we let you go. So let's say uh, Thierry today. He, he would get fired and a new coach would come in. With the current roster, do you expect a new coach to do anything better than than Terry? No, no they, so, we need new players. Terry is just maybe one, maybe the system needs to be changed, but we need, we always need that big center on the middle person. We need that big center. I don't know how we're going to get it. We're still waiting for that one, but we need that big center. And, Look Look what Toronto did. Toronto basically said, fine nerve, this and that, out, out, out. And they took a big chance, and they went to get a second-round pick for that. I'm not saying Canadian has to go to that point, but uh, during the time that they were losing, a lot of people were frustrated, including me, of saying, this is supposed to be one of the best teams in the NHL. And if we compare it to other teams in the NHL, if we compare it to Chicago, we're not ready to winning the Stanley Cup because the whole purpose is to win the Stanley Cup. And if you look at the team, we got a great goaler, we got a great defenseman, Subban. But except that in attack, we have what? What do we have? Pacioretty's not doing. Placanic, Dernay. You know, it's not uh, not powerful compared to the other teams around the the league. I think. And I, I 100% agree with you. That's why I think that uh, the Canadians at this point right now shouldn't fire Terrier. A brand new coach, if he'd come in here right now, how much better would he make the team? I don't think it would make a much difference right now. But during the offseason, I definitely think it should be reevaluated by Bergevin if uh, whether or not Terrier comes back uh, next season. But for the moment, I think there's, the keeping Terry right now is the best. No, not the best thing. It's the it's the right thing to do for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. So thank you. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. So 1-877-455-4945 is the phone number to reach us to talk at Montreal uh, Canadiens. Well, uh, right before that, we the Stanley gave us a call. Rick said that we had some uh, discussions in regards to our winners and losers. We'll tell you more about that on the other side. Remember, this is a Valentine's Day edition of the Habs 360 podcast. Tell us what do you love about the uh, Montreal Canadiens. 
And well, we'll tell you more of that on, on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. Hans 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to Valentine's Day edition of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. Uh, Chris G. Nineteen Eighty, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. And while it's a V-Day edition of the Habs 360 podcast, so we'll be reading your tweets. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five to let us know what you love about the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, uh, we covered the winners in the first segment. Uh, what do we proceed with the losers? Yeah, well, just uh, I mean, uh, it was great to get that call in, and um, but just to finish up on the the winners, um, uh, we can. Usually, let's go back a bit. Usually this process, this winners and losers we spend a lot of time on, usually there's a lot of negotiation, there's a lot of discussion. We 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 trade um, kind of a, a, a proposed list back and forth and we, we compromise, you know, you and I, and we come, up with a, we come up with a list. This week we started early. I think it was Monday or Tuesday um, that this discussion started. And my goodness, our list, the, the ones, the, the uh, people I had on loser, you had on winner and, and, you know, vice versa kind of thing. 
and it was contentious and we had full discussions and disputes and debates and and we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't come to a consensus um you know cuz normally at this stage Thomas Pacanitz named winner of the week um that's that's where it stops right you uh, you send out the Habs 360 fruit basket or whatever it is you do to the to the winner of the week um and but but this week um you were adamant that somebody belonged on the list and I was adamant that they didn't belong and you were going to mute my mic and I was going to file a CRTC protest and it was it was a mess right and the person we're talking about there was actually two there was actually two people we were talking about but one of them was kind of a you withdrew just a few minutes before we went to air but the one we disagreed with most was Michelle Terrian. Uh, we degree, disagreed on most was M- Michelle Terrian, and you felt pretty strongly that he deserved a, um, a winner of the week, um, and perhaps the top winner of the week. And I, I don't know if he was a loser of the week, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't agree with you there. So um, let, let's let's just explore that a bit. Why he should have been winner of the week. Sure. Uh, Michel Terrien gets a lot of criticism, and just like we mentioned with uh, the caller in the first segment, he has to coach with the players that he has on, that he has on on his on his roster. Uh, who is on his roster and who isn't? That's um, that's uh, not up to him. He coaches what he has on hand. So he got a lot of heat. Uh, or he's been getting a lot of heat throughout this losing streak for many reasons. Uh, during the losing streak, I agree that he he wasn't doing a great job. But this week, since our last episode, Canadians played four games. They won three out of the four. The game against the Edmonton Oilers, they knocked down out of the park. Five-one winners. They played against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, they barely won, but they did win a two-one win over uh, the Hurricanes. A game that particularly stood out to me was the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday at the Bell Center with the Canadians. So Terrier, he gets criticized a lot about his uh, lack of in-game adjustments. Is one of the, the critiques that uh, that he gets from uh, from the Terrier haters, as I, as I call them. In that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, he made some adjustments. He recognized that Dale Weiss wasn't having a good game. He dropped him off the line with uh, Pacioretty and Dernet, and he put up uh, Sven Andrigetto to play in that line. Uh, Weiss was bumped down all the way to the fourth line, and Devante Smith-Pelly was moved up uh, on, a, on a higher line with uh, Fleischmann and Eller, and Devante Smith-Pelly even scored a goal in the, in that game, okay? I can already hear the critique. It was just, he just hit his leg and went in. But uh, regardless, we could always find excuses for everything that goes right and everything that goes that goes wrong. Last night's game against the Buffalo Sabres, this game, uh, the Canadians uh, offensively they scored two power play goals. Uh, the offense, uh, Terry has said it many times, when you score... Uh, three goals or more, you have to win. You should be winning those games. 
last night. Canadians allowed five goals. The sixth one was an empty net goal. So I would say for last night's game, Terry deserved any of the blame. Last night, to me, the blame was, number one, the goaltending, and number two, uh, the defense. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Terry should be nominated to win the, uh, the, the um, what's it called, the Adams Trophy for the best coach. I don't think he should be uh, nominated either to be a coach in uh, Team Canada t- at the World Cup. But I think he had a good week, and well, we should give him credit for it. That's that's a good case. And, and I think we want uh, our listeners, whether call in, uh, tweet us, uh, at Habs 360, and and let us know what you think about about Tarion. Um, I, I won't I won't um, revisit everything that that was argued during the week. I, I just um, maybe if we focus in on you, you mentioned the the Tampa Bay game where you thought that Tarion had a particularly strong game. Um, you know, you're right that you know we he's criticized often for for his game prep. Um, something that Gerard Gallant used to do, um, it, it seems missing. There's been so many times when uh, they said, they, you know, we weren't ready to play. Well, that's the coach, coach's job to make sure that the, the team's prepped and ready to go. Um, but it was, it was those, those adjustments um, on, uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I, I saw it completely differently it seems to me, and if, if you go back through uh, the games, the adjustments that he makes are, and I call it the, the ad principle, anything for David DeHarnay principle. Um, you're right. Dale Weiss and uh, David DeHarnay have been awful. Uh, they were awful during, during uh, December when, when Tarion put them together. They've been awful for, you know, since they went back together. Um, and it's, it's pulling Pacioretty down. Uh, but when you look at, at what he's playing with, um, it's just been, been terrible. David Darnay has not been an NHL, not, not, not a first line center. He hasn't been an NHL center, uh, for, for most of this season. And yes, Weiss was, was bad, but Darnay was worse. Uh, and what Tarion did for the adjustment was, as you said, dropped, Dropped Weiss, um, and and removed Andrew Ghetto. That that Fleischman Eller Andrew Ghetto line was terrific. Um, he and he just broke up that line in order to help David Darnay. Um, and and you know he always seems to want to protect him from criticism. David Darnay had a Corsi of 20.69 in that game. And okay, if you don't like Corsi or you don't understand Corsi, throw it out. Think about shot attempts. Uh, Darnay had 6, 4, and 23 against. That line was absolutely crushed by, um, by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Still, when they, were, when they were trying to catch up or when they were trying to protect the lead, it was Darnay that was out there. Um, so that he could what get a an empty net goal to to hide his his horrendous game. It was the 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 decision that Tarion made most in that game 
because David Aaron received the most ice time out of even strength ice time out of out of any Canadians forward. The decision that that Michelle Therrien made most in that game was sending Darnay over the boards. And that was a bad decision because he had a terrible game. Um, so for that reason, I don't think um, Therrien deserved the, um, the credit for that particular um, win. It was, as you said, it was a, it was a win that, that many of us weren't expecting. It was a win against a, a top team after playing a lot of the bottom feeders. Um, and so that's where I, that's where I was. And I think we disagreed most on, on viewing that, um, that Tampa Bay game, um, both valid arguments. Um, and I, I think we'd like to, to get some opinion back from, from our listeners, uh, to see where they stand on it. Yeah. And you can, they can do it via telephone at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. Uh, or via Twitter at uh, a Habs360, and you can let uh, Rick know that he's wrong, and we'll def- you'll definitely get lots of airtime for for that. Hey, do you know do you know something that that going into last night's game, that if you do the uh, the calculations this season, David Darnay and Max Pacioretty, all this talk about um, their chemistry, which is a myth when you look at the stats, but. All that chemistry has led to two goals. They have combined. They have been on the ice together, five on five, for two goals this season going into last night's game. If you look at Eller and Galchenyuk, and nobody talks about their chemistry, they've combined for 18 goals. Uh, Okay. I'll, I'll just leave that there. Go ahead. Okay, so prior to the game against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Michel Terry, when he, he had a press conference, he was asked about the usage of Dernay and, uh, and Lars Eller, and he was talking about the offensive zone face-offs that uh, David Dernay gets compared to the defensive zone uh, face-offs that Eller gets. So it's mostly uh, he sees it as uh, as their their assignment. So he sees Dernay as more of an offensive player compared to Eller, where he he could trust them a little bit more defensively when it comes to uh, to the shutdown role. We spoke about in the first segment about the line of Galchenyuk, uh, Plekanec, and Gallagher. So we're, uh, we're, let's talk about like right now, the here and now. This line is is the best line for the Montreal Canadiens right now. I think we all we all agree on that. So. Even at this point right now, with the, the way that the team struggled over the last two months, they had trouble scoring. They've found a line right now that is really working offensively. Do you expect Terry to break it up right now, that line? No, I'm not saying to break it up. E- even though, but but people always use the chemistry uh, argument to keep Pacioretty and DRNA together. So I'm saying there's no... The, the stats don't bear that out. There's no chemistry between them. They haven't, they haven't proved that this season. Uh, there's huge chemistry between Eller and Galchenyuk. Uh, so um, if chemistry was the, was the reason, um, I don't think it's the only reason it should be used. And, and no, I don't think uh, that line should be broken up. The obvious answer is there is chemistry between Eller and, and Andrew Ghetto. You put Eller between Andrew Ghetto and Pacioretty. You have Placanitz between Gal- Gallagher 
uh, and Galchenyuk. You put David Dayerne because he's been struggling. He, he's been dreadful. But you put him back to that third third line assignment with Weiss and Fleischman, who seem to be um, comfortable and, and somewhat productive at the beginning of the season. And and gee, maybe I have something there. Uh, maybe, but I think I think what it, it also boils down to that is that maybe Eller has more trust from the coach defensively when it comes to uh, to Denver right now. But but he, um, there was that quote this week that um, Eller played a terrific game, and um, let's hear it, Rick. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. You, oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. He, he, Lars to be on top of his game, he's going to make sure that he's really solid defensively, and so that's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, and when when it went on, he said, "I trust Thomas Pekanitz." I trust uh, defensively. I trust Thomas Plakanitz. I trust David Dearnay some at times. Um, at times. At times, is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and but but he it was that backhand to to Lars Eller when when Eller's um, been terrific and particularly in that game Eller was was good but Taryn couldn't bring himself to to compliment other than well he's on the top of his game, you know, when he's a good defensive player, that was, that was awful. That was, and, and Twitter reacted to that. Um, you know, that was terrible to say about Eller throwing him under the bus. Terrific game. Uh, but I think after the, the coach did sleep on it, thought about it, cause he was asked about it again, uh, prior to the game against the Sabres. Let's hear it. Lars is doing a lot of good things. You know, we all understand he's a natural centerman. That was an adjustment to him to play on the wing, but it's easy to see that he's a lot more comfortable as a centerman. Uh, we give him more um, defensive roles. Um, when there's face-off, lots of time he's going to be on the defensive side compared to, like we just mentioned, like the Darius line that's going to take face-off on the offensive zone. The Placanic line, the same thing, because he's got two wingers that uh, could produce offensively. So uh, um, defensively, I, I believe he's doing a good job. He's created, they're capable to create chances. And uh, um, he's a player at this time of the year that is always in the past on greatest game. And, uh, so I think Ricky realized what he said a couple of days ago, and he was trying to make up for it with that statement. Yeah, or the marketing department had a little chat <laughs> with him and said, yeah. you know. So, so we so we we've, we've got off off track on our on our losers of the week. I guess we can we can pick that up after. But I guess this gives a sense of uh, gives gives listeners a sense of of the kind of discussions that you and I have had, and also I think the same kind of discussions have been happening on Twitter, Facebook, um, with Canadians fans who this is this is a big issue for them. Yeah. So. Uh... So we did get a couple of tweets. We'll read them in a couple of moments. And we also asked you, uh, what do you love about the Montreal Canadiens? You can let us know via Twitter, also via telephone at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. We'll take a break and we'll go through the losers and all of that on the other side. Stay with us. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net. 
your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from art2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of art2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter as more details on the Habs contest will be announced soon. For high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Supporting the coach, which you know I love to do. I love it here. (laughs) I love the team. Love the guys. Love the coaching staff. So lots of love here on the Habs 360 podcast episode uh, 167, February 13th, 2016. I'm Chris G. Along with uh, Rick Stevens. So we'll be reading your uh, love tweets in a couple of moments. But, Rick, unfortunately, we have to name some uh, losers of the week. Can can I make a late add to the list of the person who picked the music today? <laughs> are we back to the, the regular music next week? Uh, we probably are, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. No, I, I, no the, the music's been great, and it fits with our, our Valentine's theme. Um, for loser of the week... Um, Let's uh, let's toss Dale Weiss in there. We were just talking about Dale Weiss being demoted um, to the third line. Then I um, then he came back to the third line, I guess, um, last night. Um, but what's happened to Dale Weiss? Um, he thought for a time that he was a goal scorer, and he produced, and he was off to a pretty torrid start. Um, but he he used to um, get those goals by going to the net, create you know, uh, opening up space for himself and and for his teammates, 
um, be playing physical. Right now, I'm seeing Dale Weiss, and all he's doing is floating. He played uh, just over nine minutes last night. Um, had just um, one hit last night. Um, in fact, the Canadians in the entire game had seven hits, uh, which is, is remarkable to me. Two of those were by Sven Andragetto, little Sven Andragetto. Uh, Dale Weiss had one hit last night. I don't know what's happened to him. Uh, defensively, he's pretty porous. Um, his game is just shot right now. And that that wonderful trade, well, I, I guess we still consider it a great trade, um, uh, but it's not looking as good as it once did um, with Dale Weiss's game um, taking a, a, a just spiraling down. And he did have a great start to the season this year. Offensively, he's putting up numbers. We all thought, you know, it's a contract year. He might be putting up numbers, but now he's not helping his cause. And we'll see coming to a trade deadline if he's one of the players that uh, has, that might be gone from Montreal. You're right. I, and we see this um, just related. I know we're reading tweets later, but um, related a tweet just came in from Andrew sent. Uh, Sadella, um, he says, 100% agree with Rick, and that's, of course, why I'm reading it. Um, but but regarding Dale Weiss, he said, Dale Weiss has looked increasingly lost out there and has made me question his hockey sense. Hockey sense was, yeah, was always um, was always a bit iffy, but but uh, his his determination and his commitment and everything was, was never questioned. I think we're even questioning that, um, the way he's played recently. Um, we're also going to put PK Subban um, on that on this list, and and not necessarily for his play, uh, which has been fine. Uh, but last night, uh, I really thought he he came unraveled at the end of the game, um, the empty net goal, um, the the puck hit the the linesman, um, and PK. Um, Rather than rather than try to block the 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 shot towards the empty net, he waved and he yelled and he complained to the official. Um, his tirade went on. That was on the ice, was off the ice. He got kicked out at the end of the game. Um, I thought it was pretty childish, to be honest. I know that 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 there are the the PK supporters blindly support him no matter what he does and they said oh he was showing his passion and oh it's great that we have a player that gets upset but there's ways of showing it there's ways of channeling it I, I you know um, we we all know um, from our minor hockey league days that the officials are in play officials are in play puck hits them play on uh, you know you remember your minor league coach telling you that PK knows that. Um, I don't know what he was talking about, what he was going off on. He talked post-game about, oh, he was hoping that they would stop the play, hope that there was going to be a review. Um, he, 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 he said that that play changed the game, that that play was the reason that they lost. I don't, I don't buy that. But if it's true, if it's true that the, the whole game hinged on that play, then why wasn't he playing harder? Why wasn't he trying to do everything he could to block that shot rather than give up, put his hands up and, and um, you know, uh, 
argue and and complain. Um, I, I I just was really disappointed in him last night. Yeah, I totally agree with you, uh, Rick. I don't know what he was expecting for them to happen at the, at that point. Play hard, try to stop the puck, and then if it still goes in, then yeah, you can go ahead and make a comment to uh, to the referees. But at that point, there's no point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he said he said post game that that Canadians were in the driver's seat at that point, um, which they were down by a goal. So, um, our loser of the week, and this is kind of a if it's true, they are the losers of the week, and that's the 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 Canadians organization. Let's not pin it on any one per, per, person per, in particular, but that report that you talked about earlier, uh, Chris. Um, by La Press, um, that said that 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 Carey Price is done for the season, that the Montreal Canadiens know that Carey Price is done for the season, uh, but they will, and that it's a, an MCL injury, um, but they will not announce that uh, for marketing purposes. Um, they they don't want the fans to quit on the team, and they they want to. You know, even though the, the, there's slim hopes, um, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but even any slim hopes alive, they want to keep those alive um, and not lose fans or, or have no shows or empty seats. I think that's really, um, I th- really think that's despicable. I really do. If true, um, it's it's despicable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, uh, if the story is true right now, it's just speculation out there from... Uh... From La Presse, to me, I would actually put the blame on Bergevin if this happens, because then if if they knew it all along, why didn't they try it instead of going after like a Ben Scrivens? And even when they got Scrivens, it was after X amount of games that uh, the Canadians already played with uh, Mike Condon and without Carey Price. Why don't you do something to help your team at that time right away instead of waiting? For uh, for so long now at this point I think it's uh, it, it's too late for for them to do anything if uh, if uh, this is true and if it is true it explains why the Canadians at this point they they've barely done any trades except for that Jared Nordy and John Scott trade so maybe it is true and things are becoming a little bit more clear. Do you remember um, me saying? It was at the the end of November, beginning of December, when when Price went down, that James Reimer should be tar- targeted. They that's the that's the guy they they should be going after. Um, and I think Reimer, if if they knew then how serious um, uh, Carey Price's injury was, um, that was the guy. Um, he was just kind of picking his game up. He had a little injury himself, nothing serious. Uh, but it would have been a good time to get him. You could have got him at a decent price, maybe a second rounder. Um, and that would have solidified the goaltending rather than, you know, experimenting first with Dustin Tokarski. Could he handle the load? They sent him to, you know, to to uh, get some experience in St. John's and, and brought him back up. That didn't work out. So then bringing in Ben Scrivens, uh, Ben's had an up and down kind of um uh, time since he's been here, Condon has has regressed. Um, and the the thing about uh, keeping hope and everything, um, th- there's a really interesting 
um, Twitter follow. Uh, it's ineffective math, I think, is the the Twitter title. Um, he he puts out graphs, uh, I think, every day, almost every day, about the sadness rating, a sadness ranking in the okay. NHL. Yeah, and what the sadness ranking is 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 the probability that your team isn't going to make the playoffs and that they're not going to get a top five draft pick. Because that's the worst, right? If yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna have a bad season, you wanna you want a decent draft pick, particularly this year. So he he's measured this uh, the probability of the Canadians. Let's say they they kind of meander along and finish right where they are right now. They'd miss out on a top five draft pick and they'd miss the the, the playoffs. So he says the Canadians. Sadness fan sadness ranking right now is 65%. That there's a 65% chance that the Canadians finish out of the playoffs and out of a top five draft pick. That's that's third. That's third in the league. New Jersey's top at 70, then Ottawa, then Montreal. Um, if that happens, <laughs> the Canadians are, you know, the Canadians are worried about uh, their fans right now, um, and that's why they're holding back the price info. They're they're going to be they're going to hear it from the fans if if that happens. So that is a question that we still have time uh, to read a couple of your tweets. Are you upset if this story if this story is true and the Canadians have known for a while that Carey Price's season is done? Are you upset that it wasn't announced earlier? Let us know via Twitter at uh, Habs360. You can also let us know via telephone at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. And that's where we're going to go now, where we have somebody online. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Rick from Tampa. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good, Rick. How are you? Hey, lifelong Habs fan. Grew up in upstate New York and been following the Habs early, early. Matter of fact, just at the Lightning game uh, last night working, saw Scotty Bowman. It's always great to see uh, the legend. Hey, I just listen to you guys. If this is true, I think that's horrible. Um, I believe, you know, I, I do some uh, work and some radio work down here in Tampa. I still follow the Habs. I was really excited about this season and can't believe what has happened. Uh, but if that's true about Price, that despicable, I, I think you said, is the word, because the fans deserve to know the truth. And if that's the truth, and, and I'll finish with this and let you guys run, if, uh, if that is true that Price is out for the year and they're withholding that, uh, they need to release it, let the fans know, be true to the fans, and just suck it up and, and deal with Condon and uh, Scrivens. Uh, that's my thought. But you guys are absolutely right. Despicable. So, so Rick, are you, I'm mostly upset that Bergevin didn't take any actions if, if they knew this. Obviously, we're assuming that this is true. I'm more upset that he didn't take any actions to correct his team. Is, is that what you're upset about, or is it the fact that they just weren't transparent about it? Well, more upset, I think, from a, a fan standpoint, that you know, if they're withholding information, that's one thing I believe about in professional sports. You you really need to be honest uh, with the injury situation. You see it in the National Football League, where where the NFL really holds the teams uh, to the fire on it. I don't I don't know if the NHL is 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 strict. But will there be repercussions if they're kind of, uh, if it, you know, when a player is out for the year, if it's an ACL and he's not coming back, mm-hmm. then I, I think people need to know, and, and I think the team needs to be accountable, and and the fans need to know, and I think that's horrible if they're doing it, 
you know, just suck it up and, and deal with Scrivens, and let's try to turn this thing around. And it's Valentine's Day weekend. A simple, I have a simple question for you. Do you still love the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, I do. There you go. So thank you very much, Rick. I do. No, I do. I do. And like I said, when I was a little kid, uh, I was uh, about three hours from Montreal, uh, maybe a little less than that in upstate New York in the Adirondacks, and uh, loved, loved the Habs. Uh, and, and I've always followed them. And now that I'm down here in Tampa, you know, I've been through the Stanley Cup. I've been in Tampa for a long time. Uh, I do the radio deal down here, and we do the media coverage of the Lightning. But, uh, you know, I told my fiance this year, I said I still love the Habs. I, w- I was rooting for them last year in the in the uh, playoff series. I really was. And that offsides call that was never called was, was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we got the linesman, and the, you know, on the little tablets now. I think that's hilarious. But, but anyway, yeah. hey, great show, guys. I'm glad I found you guys. I found you on Twitter. And uh, I was in the office working today, and it popped up, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give him a call. So thanks for taking my call. Uh, perfect. Thank you very much, Rick. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Have you noticed so what, that guys named Rick are always really, really smart? You know, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. We'll leave it to that. <laughs> so let's go to uh, Twitter. We have uh, uh, some responses. Uh, to read some serious ones. Uh, so the question of the week was, do you still love the Montreal Canadiens? Tell us what you love about them. First one comes from uh, Andre. He writes, I love that they will tank the season. Mike from uh, Campbell River, BC, writes, that they have won more Stanley Cups than any other team. Hashtag go, Habs, go. Susan, she writes from uh, Montreal, their youth, their spunk, and the fact that they don't give up. Hashtag love lots. Hashtag go apps go never too late. Next one, next tweet comes from Brian Turner. He writes, not a lot right now. Don't think they love themselves. So, um, so some tough love there by Brian. It doesn't seem like he loves them anymore. And next tweet comes from David in the St. John's Newfoundland. He writes, Everything, minors next season, clueless and stubborn as a mule. So I'm guessing he's talking about Terry there. Thank you for the tweet. Uh, next week comes from Mike Vini. He writes, I love how they always keep me guessing. You never know what asinine, bizarre thing they'll do or not do next. So thank you for the tweet, Mike. Next one comes from Steve. In uh, Toronto, he writes, yes. Well, this is in regards to uh, Carey Price, so we'll talk about that in, in a couple of seconds. Uh, Danny, he he writes, uh, it's more upsetting that Bergevin has done nothing to improve this team. I agree. Thank you very much. And I think we have a couple of responses on uh, Facebook as well, Rick. We do. We have uh, Darlene Ropek. Uh, she loves their heart. Not love, not much to love about the season except their heart. Uh, Patty Ann Bradbury says she loves everything. She just loves everything. And um, we have from Daryl, uh, he loves Andre Markov. And I, th- I think that was uh, w- with the article there was a uh, was posted. There was a picture of Markov kissing PK Subban on the helmet. And so I think that's where that comes from. And uh, we also asked 
uh, on Twitter uh, whether or not you're upset if the Canadians knew that practice season was done, would you upset that it wasn't announced? Uh, Troy from Montreal writes no. Curtis in the Peace River, Alberta writes no. Uh, Steve from Toronto writes yes. Leafs fans are totally pissed at Habs. Deceptive methods. Uh, Montreal cheats way to Toronto first round draft pick. So, you know, always a Leafs fan has to get involved somehow. Uh, Tim, he writes, no, because it is plain as day that nobody in your organization has a clue what they are doing. Hashtag Habs. Scott from Calgary writes, pretty simple, nope. And next tweet comes from Terrier's Hot Seat. So, obviously a fan of Terrier. He writes, I'm too busy being upset by trying to figure out why... MT is still coaching, and why DD is given what he is to care about price. So thank you for the tweet. Uh, next tweet comes from Jake J.K. Ramon, an uh, optimistic Habs fan. He writes, yes, had we known, we could have offered awesome rehab advice. Hashtag free Twitter medical consultation. So there you go. Uh, Yannick Labbé, from uh, from Quebec City, he writes no. Uh, Johnny Mac as well, he writes no. And uh, Al Boy, Habs fan in Montreal, he writes that no, he doesn't uh, care either. And Rick, I I wasn't, uh, I'm not surprised that some people said no, but it seems like most, at least most of the people that respond have said no. That's well, at least I'm surprised about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that that, um, that when when the news first came out um, yesterday, um, I think it was yesterday, that, that Twitter kind of exploded, and I, maybe the people who um, vented about it um, are are just disappointed and disgusted, uh, and so they're they're not responding right now. But I think most fans. Um, you've taken one tact about uh, you're you're disappointed that uh, or you're upset with Bergevin because he didn't act and and I agree with you there. My I'm I agree more with our caller Rick that it's just um, it's not. I understand that there's reasons you can't always be honest about injuries, but uh, not being being deceptive. Being deceptive, I think, is is the real crime here. That that the can and. And it's not for hockey reasons. Um, I understand kind of hiding injuries or whatever for hockey reasons. This isn't for a hockey reason. This is to make sure that that fans uh, come up and still because they have some hope. Um, that's that's the despicable part in my mind. And I think uh, uh, our caller Rick uh, agreed there. And then we also asked the questions about the old debate that we had between myself and Rick about Michel Terrier. And first tweet it comes from uh, Mike Vini. He writes, you can't credit someone for not doing anything uh, conspicuously stupid. Ghetto in the top six was unfashionably late. So thank you for the tweet, Mike. Uh, Rick, there's an, there's an egg picture on this one, so I'm not sure um, if you had something to do with this. Uh, next, <laughs> <to> do <laughs> next tweet comes from 
Robert Amoroso, he writes, it is the player's performance, not his. So players stepped up and played well. So, like he he puts gives the credit to uh, to the players, and that's one thing that really that uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say really upsets me. It's something that um, I guess annoys me is when the Canadians do well. It's either Carey Price's or the players because of them, and when the Canadians lose, it's all because of the the coach. See, I, th- I think his tweet can be interpreted that that Terrian's irrelevant. That that uh, the players stepped up and played well. That's why they won. Yeah. I'm just I'm just giving you devil's advocate. I'm just bugging. That's all. <laughs> and then our buddy Tony, he writes Molson Bergevin. Hey, we know yeah. who Tony loves. We know who Tony yeah. loves. Tony loves yeah. the Bowmans. Yeah, he does. It's it's funny. We I did not hear from him during the Canadian three game road uh, road trip. Uh, sorry, not road trip, uh, winning streak. And when I told him, hey, where where have you been? Like, is that a coincidence? Uh, having heard from me, he said, no, you only hear from me when uh, the Canadians lose. So at least he, he manned <laughs> up to it. So he, Tony writes, uh, Molson, Bergevin, get golf clubs ready. Your season is done. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> so thank you for uh, the tweet, Tony. And well, parting words, we'll give it to uh, Michel Terrier. Uh, Michelle, when is Pichu coming back? Who knows? Exactly. Who <laughs> knows? Nobody knows. He'll, we know that he'll miss the, uh, the next two games on the road trip, and then, well, who knows when he um, when he comes back? Rick, thank you very much. I just want to say that um, you know things we love. I I love my family. I love my friends. I love this country. I I really love the game of hockey. Um, I love all of our listeners and followers in the All Habs uh, community. I really, really love this All Habs team, uh, best best in hockey, and we can have disagreements like like we did and still uh, in giving all the perspectives. Um, and yes, um, even though I'm somewhat critical at times, I really do love the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, I think well, we all do. Very, very passionate uh, fan base, the Montreal Canadiens, even those that uh, critique them as well. Thank you very much to everybody who uh, listened to today's episode. Thank you to our callers as well. And as Rick mentioned, we do love all our listeners. We do love all our followers. We do love our Montreal Canadiens. And, well, we know that you love us enough for you to come back next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern to listen to episode 168 of the Habs 360 podcast. And well, will we love the Montreal Canadiens next week at this time? I'm sure we will. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.